Hello, and welcome to the Woodard Report podcast, where we empower business advisors to transform businesses. This podcast is your source for information and news you need for your accounting, bookkeeping, or tax practice. And it is proudly sponsored by Expensify. For more information about Expensify, please visit woodard.com slash podcast. And now your hosts, Joe Woodard and Heather Satterley. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening to another episode of the Woodard Report podcast. I am super excited to be joined today by Randy Crabtree, my good friend uh, from Trimerit. Uh, Welcome, Randy. Really happy to have you on the podcast today. Oh, believe me, I'm thrilled. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, it seems like you and I have been dancing this, like, let's be on each other's podcast for, for quite a while now. So it's it's actually really exciting to uh, to finally be, be doing it. So thanks a bunch. Yep. So, um, yeah. So I know you've been, t- you recently uh, spoke at our Scaling New Heights conference in St. Louis. Uh, gosh, I, it's, I guess it's almost been a month now um, since we did that. And you were talking about mental health and burnout in the industry. It was, I mean, the session was amazing, excellent. You know, people loved it. Um, so I would love to drill down with you to kind of talk about, you know, mental health and why it's important for our industry and kind of your experience with that. But before we get started, could you just let people know a little bit about about your journey in the profession? Yeah. Oh no, that'd be yeah, great. So I am a CPA. Not that uh, you know, I know our profession: ZAs, accountants, bookkeepers, CPAs. Uh, we're all all in the profession, but that's my role. I was a managing partner of a what I'll call a generalist firm for a long time, and uh, uh, let's see, what year was that? 06, I got out of that. And in 07, I started a specialist firm called Trimerit, which uh, we uh, deal with tax credits and incentives. And that transition was, I didn't realize at the time, that was the best thing I ever did. Being a specialist in this profession, I think, being a niche business, I think, is so important. And and uh, and so that's, uh, that's where I am. Um, I, actually, let me go a few minutes longer. I was managing partner of our firm for the first 10 years, Trimerit. I gave that up six years ago and didn't know for sure at the time it was the right decision, but it was looking back, it was one of the best decisions I ever made because what I do now, I just am so passionate about. I have so much fun. Like every day is is great and I love every day and I love everything I do. And I know sound like I'm exaggerating. I am not. And so that's my, my, my journey in the profession is, is probably one from working way too hard and getting burnt out to everything is great right now. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so easy in our profession. You know, I, I, I started long ago when, you know, when it was definitely the standard and a lot of firms are still in this, in this cycle of working ridiculous hours during a certain part of the year and sometimes all year. Um, so definitely felt that burnout and it really, really is taxing not only on, you know, your, your mental health, but also on your physical health. And yeah. So why are you so passionate about mental health in, in the accounting industry? For me, it's a, it's an interesting journey. Well, to me, it's an interesting journey. I guess as you listen, you'll decide if it's an interesting (laughs) journey or not or story. Um, my, my passion for avoiding burnout 
and mental illness and educating on it all stems from personal experience. And what happened to me, and then I can equate this to our profession, but what happened to me was I had a stroke nine years ago. And after my stroke, I mentally struggled for about a five-year time frame. I, I struggled with you know, PTSD, panic attacks, depression, although at the time I didn't call it depression. So, and I wasn't, I didn't hide it. I was open about it, but I was just, I would call it, I was having my melancholy feeling, which looking back was depression. So, so I went through five years of not constant struggle, but struggle on and off with this. Um, and so what for me, I would look back and there was like triggers that would happen that would make things worse. And I look at our profession, I go, you know what? There's many triggers in our profession that if people are going down this path of burnout can cause them to go further into depression or anxiety. In fact, our profession, accounting profession in general, is 25% more likely to develop depression than anybody and then people in other professions. And so, and I think it's because this constant deadline driven, everything we do is deadline driven. It is, you know, whether it's, you know, month end close, whether it's sales tax, payroll tax, um, to obviously April 15th, March 15th, September 15th, October 15th, all, you know, audit reports do all this nonstop deadlines. And then on top of that, we still have to deal with clients and we get an email from a client. We're like, oh, I don't want to respond to that. And we get a phone call and we don't want to answer it. And so all these little triggers, little, a lot of them are big. I can equate to kind of the triggers that were going through in my mind at the time I was dealing with, you know, the, the panic attacks and depression um, is that, hey, it, we got to figure out a way to control this, this chronic stress. I'm going to ramble here for a minute, Heather, if you don't mind. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. awesome. um, we got we to gotta learn a way to control this chronic stress because short-term stress, stress in general by itself is not a terrible thing. You know, people talk about, hey, I'm stressed out or whatever. They're probably talking more about chronic stress because stress in general causes us to act. We do have a deadline. Stress kicks in. We meet the deadline. Boom, we're done. If that's the end of it, we go back to normal. The problem is we have the next deadline. So that stress starts building on top of each other. And when we have this chronic nonstop stress that we can't control, that's where burnout comes in. And that's what I want to help avoid is people getting to that point where burnout takes over. Because once that happens, there's a, a snowball effect that you just have a hard time getting out of it. Yeah, no, I, it, it, I, I, having been there, absolutely, um, you do see it, and it is hard. And I, you know, I think another thing that really contributes to the, you know, PST, post-traumatic stress disorder, yes. yep. Uh, yep. is, um, is that we also, I think, as a, as a profession, are very empathetic to our clients and sympathetic to our clients, and we carry their stress on our backs too. Um, yep. you know, when you have a client that's going through an audit or they're having cash flow problems, you know, we're human beings at, at the, the base of it all, right? And so when we're helping someone through their problems, we're taking that on ourselves as well. And I think that that also can kind of compound those feelings. Would you yeah, agree and with that, 
Oh, completely. That is, I think that is the number one issue why we are more susceptible to depression and anxiety in which are mental illnesses. Um, so burnout even going further, which I, in my mind, and I'm, we should say this before we should have said it already. I'm not a medical professional. What I'm saying is talking about from my personal experience, you have to, you know, if, if there is something you're dealing with, find a therapist that you can deal with, because I think that's key. But all right, disclaimer out of the way. Now let's let's uh, let's talk about what you said. I think that's one of the biggest reasons that we have this problem in our profession is because our mindset as an accounting professional is, I know the answers. I need to help. I have to help everybody because they have problems. And I'm the one that can help them with this problem. Their business is having cash flow issues, but I know why. I can do this. We can put tools in place. We can put procedures in place. We can do things to help them. I've got this family that wants to, you know, whatever. They want to send their kids to college, but financially they're not prepared. But now I can help them because I know how to start putting a plan in place. And we have all these answers and we want to help, which is great. It's great that we have this mindset. The problem is we don't look at our own self to help. We don't, we don't figure out ways that we can help ourselves, the way that we can slow down, the way that we can do things better. And what we do is we just keep adding to that to-do list because, well, there's someone else to help. I have to add to that to-do list. And when I add to that to-do list, what happens? I have to work longer now because this to-do list isn't going to shrink. And so now, now I'm coming in early, I'm leaving late, I'm working weekends, I'm on 24-7, all things that will contribute to burnout. And so that's a mindset thing that we need to get past because it is a mindset thing. There are things that we can do different. There are plenty of things that we can do different. But let me let me define burnout. We talked about burnout. Let me define it real quick. Because we, we talked about stress, short-term stress, fine. Long-term chronic stress, problem, turns into burnout. And so what burnout is, is really, and when people hear this, they might think, okay, that sounds like me. I hope not. But over 50% of accounting professionals are have dealt or will deal with burnout. So probably some people will, will recognize this. If you're dealing with burnout, it is where we have not been able to control the chronic stress. And it, it conceptualizes itself in, you know, we have, we're tired, we're exhausted. Um, you know, we are, we're starting because that we're starting to feel cynical about the work we're doing. We're having negative thoughts about the work. And then because of that, we become less efficient. And so burnout has this cycle of tiredness, negative, cynical, uh, um, efficiency, productive productivity going down. And so but that mindset that you were saying that we want to help everybody. So what do we do then when we become less efficient? Well, we just got to work longer. And so what happens is burnout becomes this snowball effect that just keeps growing on each other because I'm not going to get everything done if I don't uh, um, control this to-do list. And so I work longer and now I'm on 24-7 and sending emails out at 10 o'clock at night and text messages. and Oh, and that's, an, that's another thing we need to talk about It's just how we how we stop doing that how we can shut off but that's burnout and that's what we need to to learn to control and and for for me the mental illness and it took me a long time to say that i had mental illness i had a melancholy feeling about six months ago was the first time i said i'm a mental illness survivor um and 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 i am um i'm a stroke survivor i'm a mental illness survivor i'm a survivor 
pretty cool. <laughs> um, uh, but when you're looking at burnout at work, it not necessarily is all you know, being amplified just by work. For me, the outside of work pressures of, of, of mentally trying to recover from a stroke amplified the burnout that I was going through with work. And so there's probably also outside factors that affected. And for me, I just had to finally give in and, and give in. That's not the way to say it. Realize that a therapist was the only way that I was going to get through this. All right. I rambled again. No, you know, this is such an important conversation. It's absolutely not rambling. I think that so many people that are listening are having these feelings and, you know, we are a performance-based profession, right? Like most of the professions out there. And so, you know, there's a lot of pressure to perform both for, you know, if you're a accountant in a firm, as an employee, whether you're the firm owner, whoever you are, um, it's, it's hard to come to grips with that. And I think that one of the things that, that I felt in my career is there's a point where you reach when you keep piling on the to-do list, you talk about all of these to-dos, is that you get to a point where you feel hopeless yep. and you feel like there's literally no way. I don't have any hours left in the day. I'm exhausted. I can't get through this. And, and I think that that's something that, you know, people don't want to talk about. And I think it's so important that they do. So I no rambling. I think this is an incredibly yeah. important uh, conversation. And I think, yeah. how can our profession change? What can we do to protect ourselves and protect our team? And, 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 you know, we know that we have a shortage in uh, talent in our industry. And I think that's probably, a, I know that's a big reason why. How do we yep. fix this? Yeah, and and so there's there's so many things we could do that that sound somewhat counterintuitive at times. It's like, well, I can't do that, Randy. But there's there's so many changes that we can make, and so for me personally, let me go through a few of them. For me personally, there's little changes. If we if we look at this giant picture, we're just gonna get more stressed out, and we're not gonna do anything, and then that snowball effect's gonna keep happening. So as with everything in my mind. And I know some people will argue different. Sometimes you just need to make a major change. For me right now, I think with this is small steps. Let's make a small change here, a small change there, and let's see what happens. Um, and so one of the first things, and you just talked about it, was don't hide this. Don't, don't, don't make this a stigma. Don't make this as a leader, let's say, in this profession. Don't, don't say to somebody, well, you got to power through it, or don't show make people think that this is a sign of weakness if if you're struggling with something because that is is just going to again snowball effect and vulnerability is a key for that and I'll talk about vulnerability I'm sure as we go here but little steps things that I do now um and this is 4 years ago that I basically feel like everything completely flipped a switch and everything I love everything <laughs> and and I I know it sounds corny, but I do. Everything I do, I love. But I made major changes, too, to get to that point. But little things that I do is just on my calendar, 10 a.m., 2 p.m., is blocked out. And I, I'm on the road a lot, but when I'm at home, I work at home, even though the office is five minutes away, because I just want to be there. I, that helps me mentally. And my wife works at home. So 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, go for a walk with Kathy. 
That's on my calendar. It's scheduled. We know that. And if I'm two minutes late, she's texting me like, hey, aren't we going? What's going on? Um, and when you do that, leave your phone behind. Don't be on the phone. Don't be sending text messages, looking at your emails. Just clear your mind. Go for a walk. And I know people are thinking, well, I don't have time. My to-do list. Randy, remember my to-do list is gigantic. I don't have time for this. Your brain needs that time to refresh, even if it's 15 minutes. So so that's one thing I do. I mean, you could do, you can meditate in that time. You could, you know, whatever. I mean, another thing is just exercise is extremely important. And again, I don't have time. You know what? get up a half hour earlier and get on the elliptical or go for a run or walk or whatever. And I prioritize exercise, whether I'm on the road or at home, eating healthy, something I have to work at better, um, but eating healthy is extremely important. And so these little, these, these are really easy things, even though I know eating, a lot of people will struggle with that. It's just a habit you need to change. The go for walks is a, a thing you need to change. But here's a huge one that is really simple to change. And I said it, when you go for a walk, don't bring your phone. Don't be on 24-7. And so that, in fact, if I can expand on that now, let me talk about not being on 24-7. This is a bigger change for a lot of people, but it's still a change I think we can do. You need to learn how to shut down at the end of the day because your brain needs time to, to refresh itself, to rest. Your body needs rest in the evening. Your brain rests in the evening. Your brain needs to rest during the day. And so being on 24-7 doesn't give you this time to rest. In reality, if you have this chronic stress, your brain actually physically alters the, its makeup, physically. Chronic stress causes physical changes to your brain and chemical changes to your brain. And so you need to have time for your brain. And again, not a medical professional. What I've seen, I'm, I'm good at Googling and chat GPTing. Are those all verbs? I think they are. Um, there now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm good at that. You can research, but I think your brain can revert back. But if the stress is chronic, it's not going to. And so just shutting down, giving training your brain to shut down at the end of the day, not being a, on 24-7 is a, a really important thing. And I learned this from a friend of mine, uh, Brian Cush. Real simple, although we did this over an hour webinar, but I'm going to do it in two minutes here. Real simple plan you can put in place to just make changes to shut down at the end of the day, not be on 24-7. One, at the end of the day, bookmark your work. Tell your morning self where your evening self left off. And so now you're not going to wake up at three in the morning because you're wondering, what is I, where am I working on? What's that project? What do I need to get done? You've told yourself where you are. Um, so bookmark your work. Make it consistent. It's in one spot. It's not on your phone. It's not in notes on your phone. It's not on a Word document. It's not on a pad of paper. It's in one spot, same spot every day so you know. And whether you're at home, the office, working on the road, be consistent. Two, have an instead of plan. At the end of the day, instead of going home and looking at my phone and my emails, I'm going to go to the museum. I'm going to watch a movie. I'm going to make dinner. I'm going to go out to dinner. I'm going to read a book. Have a plan in place. That, so now what you're doing, your brain, can you can train your brain. 
what you're doing is you're training your brain to make changes to shut down. And so you've done those two. You've bookmarked. You have a plan. I'm telling myself instead of work, this is what I'm going to do tonight. And then you make a ritual out of shutting down. Physical and mental ritual. Shut your computer down. Boom. Um, Meditate for five minutes. Take five deep breaths. Do some jumping jacks. Do some push-ups. Do whatever. Physical and mental routine that you're, now your brain knows, oh, yeah, this is what I do at the end of the day. I'm shutting down, and I have this thing to do, and I don't have to worry about where I was because now in the morning my notes are here. I know exactly where to start, and I'm not wasting a half hour in the morning figure out what I'm working on. And so now you've just got more efficient with time as well. And so doing that, and I do that as well as I can. You're never going to be perfect at all this stuff. I sleep through the night. <laughs> this didn't happen for the longest time. I sleep through the night now. I don't have to worry about this stuff. And so being not being on 24-7 sounds counterproductive. In reality, you're going to be more efficient if you do something like that. And there's other major things that I can go into if you want as well. You know, it, I love what you said about that, about, you know, drawing the line in the sand and, and really making that transition. I know for folks that are working out of their homes, it's especially hard right? Um, because you never leave the office. You're right. working in the same place that you live. So that can be especially challenging. One of the things that I did is, I mean, I have a separate office and when I'm on Zoom meetings with people, sometimes I'll see, you know, their bed is in the background or, you know, and I'm like, oh, you need to move that out. Like go put it somewhere, like just find a little place in your house that's not your room yes. where you can, you know, where you can work so that you have that transition. You can actually walk away. But I love what you said about just shutting the computer off. Cause I think a lot of us, we just leave it on. Right. right. And so I think a lot of times we doesn't even occur to us. If we just shut the computer off, now it's off. We're done. So you're going to laugh. I'm going to share with you what I do. Cause I, I also have a routine and, and I nice. started a little over two years ago. Um, I, when I was young, I loved horses always loved horses. I'm one of those people that even at 54 years old, I'm driving down the road and I see horses. I go, horses, you know, I'm that person. Um, so, uh, about two, a little over two years ago, I was looking for something to do. I was put on some weight. I was feeling, you know, icky, wasn't exercising and I needed something. And so I started taking riding lessons and one riding lesson, um, once a week turned into two and then four and six months later I bought a horse. Wow. And so I spend time with my horse, but one of the things that I do for myself and my husband thinks I'm crazy. In fact, most people think I'm crazy is I actually clean the barn a couple nights a week. So I go to the barn and I shovel poop. I shovel horse poop (laughs) and I feed in water. Um, and for 16 horses, it takes me about two and a half hours, but man, it going to that barn is like a mind eraser. Yeah, You know, I get there, everything goes away. I am, I'm doing manual labor, which is good for my body. You know, I'm around these amazing, beautiful animals that are just super cuddly and wonderful. And it really, that simple change, and maybe it's not so simple. People are like, that's not a simple change. You're going to a barn you're around horses. But for me, it was, right. it has changed my life. And the stress went way, way, way down. Yep. So, you, you, you are, you are doing at least two of the things we said there you are that you just said it, the physical labor your your mm-hmm. self-care 
Uh, even though I don't know if I'd be shoveling poop, but still, you enjoy <laughs> it, so that's fine. Uh, you enjoy being around, and 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 what you're doing then is your mind. You you you're not thinking about work. You're not doing anything else. Uh, um, but the the third thing that we didn't even talk about is well, you did. You mentioned it. I think having outside of work passions is so so important to our mental health, and for us personally as a business. We allow people to be themselves at work, which may sound weird, but that hap- so often it doesn't happen. You're just the auditor, the bookkeeper, the tax preparer. You can be yourself at home. With us, you be yourself at the office. You bring your passions into the yeah. office, and we celebrate people's passions. I've learned so much about the people I work for, with because um, – that we allow that we actually do on calls. Somebody gets 10 minutes at the end of calls to just talk about themselves, what they do, what they enjoy doing, what their passions are. And that I think for us has really, really helped from being reducing the stress because everybody, we become friends at work. We're not just coworkers. We enjoy each other because we know outside of work passions and having that passion it's one of my my key things that that you need to do uh, to be uh, mentally healthier. So, Randy, I have a question for you. As I'm, I, I mean, I'm sure I, I know what I did, and it was it it really was me doing what I did was a it was I was inspired by an event that I went to, but there's going to be people out there, a lot of them going, I can't, I can't do that. I have so much work. I have so much on that to-do list. What am I going to do? The work's still going to be there. It's just, you know, I'm now going to take this time, but that's going to add more stress to my life because when I show up the next morning, I'm going to have even more on my plate. Like how do they get out of that cycle? What can they do to, to redistribute the, you know, the workload or, you know, what are some strategies that you would recommend? So, I was that way, especially when I had my generalist accounting firm, uh, tax and accounting. I had to look at every tax return. I had to do it. I had to be it. It was that mindset. And I am complete opposite now. Now, I am probably, people are going to say, there's no way I can do this. I constantly look. If something, if I'm stressed about something, what is it? Identify it. Is it? How do I get rid of that? And so I... In my mind, this just popped up the other day and, and found out I didn't make this up and I didn't think I did. I must have heard it somewhere, but um, but I really like, and this is just this week, I started thinking about this. Um, automate, delegate, eliminate. And so automation in our profession, I mean, we were just at your conference, Scaling New Heights, and all that automation, the technology that, that was in that room, there's so much everybody can do. And what happens is, we again going back to our brains we are we get so uh overwhelmed with the maybe let's just call pain the short-term pain of making changes is that that thought of that pain which is some time that we're going to be not working on our clients is so extreme in our brains that we just ignore that long-term gain that's going to be behind this afterwards it's just and so we have to just change the mindset on this is what we have to do. We constantly need to be reevaluating automation and we just have to build this into our annual budget of time or whatever it is, because that budget of time is going to get, we're going to get more time back 
by building this out, even though in their minds, oh, I can't spend this next month doing this because there's just no time, you're going to have so much more time. So just realize your brain is tricking you into not doing this because it thinks that there's going to be pain. And so something like that uh, is very important. Delegation. I right now am, I think, become a master delegator. Again, I'll take everything off my plate that is not what I enjoy doing. And everybody might think, well, I can't do that. One, I don't have anybody that works with me. Okay, you can outsource anything. Oh, I can't pay for the outsource. You're going to have more time to do the higher value projects now if you do. And and I I honestly, I say this, I was probably not the best at it. I didn't hire my own assistant until this Monday. I probably should have. But in my mind, again, my mind tricking me. Everybody in our company was my assistant. I had access to everybody. They could help me, but I didn't. Um, and what I started realizing over the last year, and it took me this long to do it, is I, and everybody does probably, I hate email. I never want to look at an email again. How do I continue doing business without looking at email? Well, my assistant taking that over. And in five days, it's unbelievable how great she is with this stuff. So, so now I don't have to think, okay, I hate looking at email, but I know there's probably client opportunities in that email. How I was struggling with that, she's doing that. So delegate that. Delegate as much as the things you don't like to do, outsource it. Delegate it because, like we just said, you're going to have more time to do the higher value. You're going to be able to do business development. You're going to be able to do it. And, and, and so, so delegation, then elimination is a couple of things. Eliminate the things you don't like to do in my mind or eliminate the clients you don't want to deal with anymore. And so if you look at those three things, you're going to think, I don't have time. I don't have money. In the long run, it's going to, you are going to be so much better off because you're going to have passion for what you're doing. You're going to have passion inside of work because you're just going to concentrate on the things you love. And there's things that you hate that other people love. And right. if you do have a staff, figure out what they love and give them those projects. And and so there's so much that you can do on that. So that that's, I just, you know, not a simple answer, but there's things you just need to look at to, to make changes. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying and you're right. It's, it's all mindset. It's all mm-hmm. mindset. And, and the thing about our profession is we're incredibly um, resourceful, resourceful. Right. So we're problem solvers. That's that's what we do the best is somebody presents us with a problem. We find an answer for it and we're really resourceful in figuring that out. And so what I would say is just do it. Just do it. Because if 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 all of a sudden, you know, you had a stroke like you did, Randy, or, you know, something other health wise happened, you wouldn't be able to do the work. Right. So you would have to adjust it. You know, you would have to adjust the workload. You would have to make that time. So why not just do it? Right. And then the rest of your practice, your life will adjust to it. And that's exactly what happened with me. You know, I remember telling my team, oh, I need to cut back on these writing lessons because we have this work. And they're like, don't you dare. I said, Uh don't you dare do that because you going out and doing this thing that you love brings something to this company that we need. So you know, and we did, we made, we figured it out. So it, it is an adjustment and, you know, we're here, we're here to, you know, live our best lives and, you know, we need to make sure that we're 
working to live and not living to work. And I think that it's really easy for us to get into uh, a mindset where we feel like I have to, I have to, I have to not, I want to, I want to, I want to. And I think it's making that mind shift. That's really important. Yep. I don't, I don't at this point feel I have to do anything. I want to do what I'm doing, which is, I mean, I, I, I feel so fortunate that I've got to this point, but I know everybody can get to this point. And that's, that's why I'm so passionate about talking about this topic. Well, and I think it's amazing that you are because it's such an important one. And so many people need to hear it because they are stuck in that trap of, of the, I have to, and um, it doesn't have to be that way. So what, what things are you focusing on at Trimerit now? Is there, is there a particular niche that there, I know you're doing, you know, speaking and you've got this amazing conference coming up. Um, Tell us what's going on over at Trimerit and with, and with you. Yeah, well, we're very fortunate. We we really like what we're doing. Uh, uh, we do have times where there's, we're working more and all this. We still have tax season. Uh, I don't. Tax season is the time I'm not busy because what I do is out go out work. But but we deal with tax credits and incentives. There's so many opportunities for the the listeners here who are advisors to their clients to you know to save them money with you know government uh, you know. Act. That sounds like that sounds that sounds like I'm selling ERC at that point. <laughs> hey, you can get twenty six thousand. No, <laughs> with with government with the things that Congress puts in place, and and the I'm really it sounds weird, but I'm passionate about talking about tax credits and incentives. That's why I love it. Um, although my partners, I think, and I'm talking way too much about mental health and burnout, and they're saying, "Can you talk more about taxes?" I'm like, "No, I can't." But but but. But but just to, to put one thing in there, there's a huge opportunity right now for taxpayers that sell, nobody really understands or even knows about. Um, anybody listening today, you're probably going to be in the top 1% of people the next two minutes, the information I give you, because it's not well known. But in the Inflation Reduction Act that came out, I think, last August, uh, there was defined some investment tax credits and production tax credits that can affect any size company and even nonprofits, and it's all about renewable energy. And the opportunity is projected to be an $800 billion tax savings over the next 10 years. If you compare that to the R&D tax credit, that's $100 billion over the next 10 years. It's wow. an eight times the R&D tax credit. And, and one of the things I've been doing lately is just a ton of webinars on this for, uh, for the companies that, uh, that we support. And so that's been a lot of fun. And, and that's one reason I'm on the road all the time is uh, out educating on, on uh, the mental health or the tax. In fact, this morning I did a webinar. I'm in Denver right now on mental health before uh, you and I got on this call. So that's my passion. And that's one thing we're doing. Oh, and you mentioned the conference. Mm-hmm. This is really exciting. You, you, you obviously just finished up a, a conference, which was amazing. It was my first time there, and, and you guys did an awesome job. Um, but we have one the end of August. Uh, we're calling bridging the gap, bridging the gap between the generations, prioritizing health, which you know kind of makes sense, and finding your success. Because I think that's part of one of the things is we. Well, that's what they're doing. We have to do this. No define your own success. What do you like? What's your passion? And so we've got a ton of really 
great speakers coming out uh, it's outside of Chicago, uh, Rosemount, Illinois. And uh, really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to the, to the day it starts because there's a lot of work putting these together. Right. Um, but uh, looking forward to getting together with all these cool people. Yeah, you really do have an all-star lineup of speakers. I was I was looking at it uh, today, and you've got you know Don Brolin and Jason Statz, and I think I saw Neil Carter Gray. You've got some really great speakers, so that looks to be an amazing conference. I will be floating around the Mediterranean, so unfortunately, I'm going to miss it. But yeah. uh, hopefully, I'll be able to to go next year. So. Well, you have an open invite anytime. We already talked about it. I knew you were going yeah. on this cruise, which sounds exciting <laughs> and great for mental health, especially yeah. after the the you know probably the last five six months you had getting ready for this conference. So, so yeah, it's a well deserved break for you. Well, thank you. Well, this has been fantastic, Randy. Thank you so much for joining us, and this is such an incredible or just an important conversation and. I just kudos for you to, you know, your passion to helping the industry, because this is an area that, you know, we, we need to shed light on. And for our profession to go forward, um, we've got to solve it because we've got to get we've got to get the next in. And so I love what you're doing. And thanks a bunch. Well, thank you for having me. All right, everybody, we will see you uh, next time on uh, the Woodard Report and see you later. Thank you for joining us. For more information, please visit woodard.com slash podcast.